Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast of the best shows on TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight we're doing True Detective. Um, this was episode 206, uh, called Church in Ruins. Um, the director was Miguel Spochnik. That's our hard home director. Uh, got me pretty pumped when I saw this. I was pretty excited to hear his name. Uh, and then the writers, plural again, Pizzolatto and Scott Lasser again. This was the same guy who had the uh, associate writing credit from a few episodes ago. Uh, so um, I think it was an overall pretty good episode. What do you think, bro? I have mixed feelings on it. Um, I feel you. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very similar. Um, I really like some parts of it. Sometimes I didn't, but I don't know. Finish what you were saying. I'm gonna cut you off. Um, it's it's a lot of it actually has very little to do with the episode. It has more to do with the fact that I'm not sure with two episodes left, this plot is going to whelm me you know i feel like i may be underwhelmed yeah i'm I'm, I'm feeling you there uh, i think we have so many subplots so many things going on that we're going to leave a lot of things unfinished not closed uh, as well as that since we've already kind of see who are bad people are and the conspiracy so on i'm really like is there enough left to go oh my god what a great ending you know is there enough meat on the bone is there is there anything left um i mean of course we don't know who ravenhead is and that's still a mystery and there's a lot of other new things that have developed through this episode and the last few that we're going to kind of dive into but like you said is there enough to go wow what a great episode I just, it's not necessarily that I I care about, you know, whether or not the plot lives up to any kind of standard or anything like that. It's just, we're at episode six. We only have two episodes left. There's a boatload of loose ends to tie up. And I'm not real sure how much I care about the loose ends. You know, I care a bunch. I think, I think if you leave things undone, I'm sorry, that's going to bother me. I don't, I don't mean it that way. I don't mean that I, I don't want them tied up. I'm saying all those subplots, all those little minor details, I don't know that I care about those. Right. Okay. I got you. I got you. Well, I think one thing that's bothered me this whole season, don't get me wrong now, I love True Detective. I think it's better than most television, bar none. You know, I think it's just dynamic, the way it's going. I'm really, I really enjoy the parts of trying to see all the little details and try to figure out that appeals to me. You know, I like that mystery and it, making it difficult for me to, to try to decipher all this information to see if I can't, if there's a deflection and I can't figure it out. And I love it. That that gets my wheels turning. You know, some people are like, well, it's just too complicated. There's too much junk going on. Da 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 da. It's lost me. And I, I completely respect that. I really do. But this is the part that I really enjoy. And you know, that's what I that's what I like about this show. It, I mean, don't get me wrong. This season's more about character development and character show and different things. And I do like that to a point. But my favorite part is is who kills Casper and deciphering the details and the information and all the little subparts going around it. And unfortunately, this season is just it's not about that so much. It's more about 
the characters and everything else. And so that's what hurts it for me. Right, and that's kind of what I'm leaning towards is I like the characters. I don't have any problem with the characters. Uh, I have a problem with that. I'm not sure I'm going to be too excited about the plot when it unravels. Yeah. You know, the the main mystery is who's the raven head? You know, who killed Casper? But we've gone pretty far beyond that and are dealing mainly with the catalyst deal, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and we just don't know and like the show says, you just don't know if that's even a part of it or not and there's so many new things now. These are some of those that uh, that new thing we're going to do tonight is those uh, burning questions, and we're going to sprinkle that into the rundown. We have about I think about eight, and these are eight of our things that we need answers for. Uh, we think this is going to make the show have a solid completion if we can get good answers for these questions or some good reveals on these questions, uh, um, and that will make the show ha- have a much more pleasurable ending to me or us as we per se. Uh, before we get in the rundown, I want to give some props to a few listeners, followers, and some people who gave us some positive uh, feedbacks. Uh, we want to say thanks to um, Josh um, Bissinger and Sherry Andrews. They wrote some great reviews and following us, as well as uh, um, C 13 as well as MathTeacher87, also gave us some five stars. Guys, we really appreciate y'all following us and being with us on these episodes. And uh, we've also had some great email commentary. And we had an, another one um, girl emailed us a couple of times. What was her name? Uh, Christine Lopresti. Lopresti, that's right. And she had some great details about um, the Ravenhead and something I missed and went back and watched, and she was right. And so I think she's right. I'm pretty positive on it. Uh, and we'll mention that in the feedback. But uh, we want to give you all some props. Appreciate you all. We'll, we're always going to give you all, uh, you know, a little shout out when y'all do these things and follow and stuff. And we appreciate anybody else who is, we'll do the same thing uh, every week. Uh, but other than that, I said we get right into the rundown. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, Start off at Frank's home, and this follows right from the end of the last episode. And, man, my heart's pumping. I'm like, are we really going to get something? Even though last week I predicted this is going to come out with nothing. And we can't have either one of these characters die. Both of them have a stake um, to, that they need to be in the last two episodes to make this season, you know, you know, salvageable. I hate to say that. But, yeah, I mean, realistically, to have the ending that we want, you know, that's going to be desirable, I think they both need to be a part of it. And so, as we predicted, of course, it ended, you know, it was a lot of emotion, a lot of things going on, but then it kind of the scene died with a whimper, you know. Was a, I mean, it had some good dialogue. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed this part. I thought this was one of the better acting scenes between uh, Ray and Frank. I think they both did a really, really good job. Um you know, like I said, the dialogue was good. Them both holding guns was really neat. Um, what, what do you think about this? I really enjoyed the tension. And, you know, I thought it was kind of cool because I thought that um, Jordan might be in the house. And I figured it'd be something like this where she either would walk in on him, overhear him, or like she was, standing guard. And that's why Frank was so confident, you know. Right. Um, I don't know. I really enjoy it. I think it was super tense. You know, you you worry that one of them could draw on the other, but for the most part, I was kind of 
like we talked about, certain that they would make it to the final episode. Right. You know, I, I thought at the most there might be a few punches or we might get to see some, you know, Frank showing his moves or something like that. But the more I thought about it, I was like, no way. It's just going to, it's going to be a more about the dialogue. This is more an opportunity to talk. Now, I really did enjoy the writing in this part. I did, I did, I did like that, you know, he basically calls him what it is, you know, yeah, I gave you a name, but you made the choices of what you do and who you are. You know, as well as another thing, the only part I didn't believe is is that as mad as Ray was, I just didn't see him, you know, turning the dial down as fast as he did in the scene. I thought he would be much more intense all the way to the end, you know. And then when they got to the part where they were like, well, you know, maybe I get that name, but if you find the hard drive, I'll definitely get it for you. And, you know, it was just like if you do have it, then you can give it to him. You know, if you don't, I mean, it was just – that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but there were some other cool lines in there. He's like, you know, I might be against the ropes, but I ain't bleeding out. I thought that was a really, really cool line to show you that, you know, you might have me intimidated, but, you know, you ain't you ain't won the battle. So don't think that at all. So, Well, I don't even think he was talking about Ray. That. Yeah, I don't think he was talking about Ray. You think he was just talking about his situation. Right. You know, where he is now. And, you know, I think he caught him off guard with the, you know, you already had your mind made up before you came here. I just gave you a name. All that stuff. I think that's what caught Ray off guard and, and slowed his role a little bit. Do you believe Frank? Do you think he purposely gave him this name? Or do you think, you know, because originally we were like, he gave him this name to get rid of a problem he had as well as get a dirty cop. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say no. I, I don't believe way. Frank. I kind of looked at him. I think they've showed enough character about Frank to show you that he wouldn't do that just to be an ass. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of to the point where I, I think Frank plays it emotionless most of the time to keep his hidden, you know, feelings. Right. Um right. and but you know what they they wrote it and they filmed it in a way where you feel like Frank's telling the truth, which makes me even more think he's lying. Right. Um, it moves on to Annie and Paul. Oh, there was a cool line at the end. He goes, you know, he's like, hey, you might be my last friend there is. And he's like, well, that'd be effed up if that was the case. You know, I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, it goes to Annie and Paul and they're out there at the shack and there's a crime scene and the, this, uh, CSI basically tells him, well, it's a female and the blood is contaminated. And didn't he say something about gonorrhea or something like that? He tested positive for gonorrhea. Right. And we do know from the previous parts that Casper had gonorrhea, Correct. you know, uh, from his sample and stuff. But, you know, of course they say it's a, it's a woman's blood. Um, my question is, you know, and uh, this is kind of one of my burning questions here is, is that who's the female? Is this a person we supposed to be no or feel sorry for or what? Is this Tasha? That's yeah. kind of the... I mean, that's one of our biggest burning questions is we've heard about Tasha, 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 you know, but nobody has a picture, a face, recognized, da, da, da. Is she a key character that we have seen already? This is my burning question. Is she an integral part and we just don't realize we've seen her? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to think that maybe she's the girl that was on the video when Casper was killed. Um, maybe the the girl that was with um, the head of the Catalyst company, uh-huh. and maybe she was tortured and. So maybe she's the victim of the shack. I think so. Well, she's now the only female that's unaccounted for that we've learned about. Right, right, and 
And to be honest, they haven't mentioned Tasha in like four episodes now, so it's... But that's not out of the realm of on purpose, especially with Pizzolatto. Oh, no, absolutely not. And he loves, you know, leaving those little danglers out there, so... Right. Um, it goes back to Frank and Ray again. Um, he, you know, they, there was a little intermittent here and he, this is once they've kind of calmed down a bit. And of course, you know, uh, Ray lets him know Blake's running girls. There's this, there's that. And he, you know, Hey, we've all, you know, we've all kind of understood and no surprise and that kind of thing. And so we learned about it. And this is when, this was, I thought Jordan walks out and she has a gun in her right hand. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I wasn't positive. I looked at it again. I didn't know. I didn't know if she hit. But um, do, do you think she was going to be come out there and use it if she had to? Oh, absolutely. So she I think, think she's that deep. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I don't think she wants to, but I think she would have yeah. protected her man. My wife was watching with me. She's like, she don't look like she could pull the trigger. Da, 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 da. She had that vibe about it. So it kind of gave me a little doubt. So. And to tell you, at the end of the Ray conversation, he tells him, you know, he's running girls and blah, blah, blah. And Frank is kind of nonchalant about it. But then he tells him, you don't understand. He's got a deal working with Chisani's son and um, they're throwing these big parties and for affluent people. And did he mention Ossip? I don't think he knows Ossip. So I don't think he would know that. I don't think he mentioned him. Okay. Yeah, that may be true. Because he, he mentioned Pitler. He told him about that. And stuff. So he he perked his interest a little bit about Blake at the end yeah. of the um, There was a little a quick little scene where Annie and Paul are talking to the um, special, is it the DA? And, you know, out in the woods, and they're like, and this cop, you know, the sheriff comes in, oh, this is our scene. She's like, well, get get your butt on it so we can get the information, that kind of stuff. Real quick, moves through. Um, and then Ray, uh, Ray goes over to the prison. And this is. Um, this is what Ray is. This is who this guy is. And he visits basically with the rapist of his wife. And this dialogue, another great piece. This is what Ray is. This is what makes the show good for his character. Uh, That's one part I really enjoy him as a singular character. Um, And he's talking to this rapist and he's like, you know, hey, this was dark hair. It was this, you know, this parking garage. And he's, you know, the other guy's like, ah, maybe I'm a lawyer. I don't remember things. I got a brain condition. Brain condition. like, (laughs) a little cliche, you know, but anyway. And then he's like, well, you know, how about the cheese grater? You know, I'm going to take you through the cheese. I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to make sure you live. You know, yeah. I, I I really like Colin Farrell in this show. You know, I wish, I kind of wish, because I'm not sure the plot is going to end up panning out, but I almost wish he was involved in another season with another group of people with a different plot. Because I think he has totally carried this season for me. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, at first I thought uh, uh, Rachel McAdams was going to be the the highlight, the center point. And don't get me wrong, she has done good. I, I really enjoy oh, I have her. no problem with her either. And, you know, I haven't seen any part where I'm just like, what? You know, no. You know, um, I haven't seen a few parts with Ray and Colin Farrell, but his overall is just more exciting, more thrilling, and more entertaining to watch his story. And and I hate to say John Carter has actually done a little better. You know, Taylor Kitsch, is, I think he stepped up his game. There's been a few parts where I'm not – but he doesn't have enough of good material to make me like his character as much as the other two. 
Well, no, it's just like we talk about with Vince Vaughn. They're not doing him any favors with the writing. Absolutely not, not. They're not doing Taylor Kitsch's character any favor by having too much backstory. He just has too much. You could so have, the funny thing is, he's got too much, but we know the littlest about. Yeah, that's I know, what bothers me about his character. But that's the thing is, you can't focus on one or two things because he's got four or five things going yeah, on. Yeah, he's so dynamic and he's you don't know enough down. information. Yeah, he's bogged down yeah, with just mm. too much. Yeah, it was too much. Um, and then, of course, Ray leaves, and after he's gotten this rapist a little scared, he's like, you know, and he has this awesome line, and I loved it. And this was my favorite part of the, you know, line-wise for the whole episode was, is that you know me. You just didn't know you know me, you know. And I was like, yes, this is. Uh, yeah, I like, you know, slipping a little cash to the guard, and that was great. Was I really badass. enjoyed that. It was badass. When he I leans really in on the glass. And his eyes get blacked out. Yeah. And he's already got some dark eyes. It's, it's, it's some cold mother. Yeah, dude. Out. This guy's. And you can tell the following scene, you know, he's just, I'm done, you know, going dark side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there ain't no doubt. Um, Paul is talking to an insurance agent, and he said it's about these blue diamonds. And we get some cool information, but this is another subplot thrown into the mix. But I, I enjoyed this part. I think it has purpose. Um, he talks about blue diamonds, says they were originally gone in a heist in 92 during the L.A. riots. Um, their estimated worth at that time was $2.5 million. And now, you know, 92, we're talking 8 plus 14. We're talk- that's, a, you know, that's a good ways away. You know, that's a several years away. And um, so these 2.5, we can estimate way more expensive now. Um, and then it shows Paul talking to this, um, it looks to be a retired police officer. Yep. And he was the one that handled the scene. I really enjoyed this part. I really liked this police officer they were talking to. I think it did a dynamic job of acting, the way he was showing emotion, and the story was so intriguing about, yeah, it was a burglary, but these guys were you know, decisive and tactical was a word he used um, and said that they came in, they executed the two, the, the, the mother and father that owned the joint. They took just the diamonds and it was... They tossed uh, the scene on purpose to make it look like a random burglary right. and... And then he then he hits us with this really piece of information that leads to one of our next burning question. He says the two kids were there that got orphaned and they saw everything, and they were in there for a long time, several several hours, and so on. And then Paul pulls this picture out. And now the show emphasizes seeing this picture multiple times. And the cops like, why'd you have to show that to me? You know, they got lost in the system. They're foster and you know carrying stuff like that and then divided up then it showed the picture again and stuff like that and there was a longer pause on this you know Spotchnik made a point to make sure we see this picture and get a visual recognition and this is one of our next burning questions these two orphan kids how do they play in to the overall plot and do they in my mind i think they do okay can i give you my newest theory oh here we go ladies and gentlemen <laughs> okay, episode one. When we first meet Ossip and he talks to Frank, he says Frank was a badass in the nineties. Okay. This is during the we riots ninety two. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Ossip and Frank robbed this jewelry store. Or just Frank and Stan. 
okay? Because I think they're showing us the stand stuff so much, which we'll get to. It's another burning question. Because I think they go way back, okay? And he used to, and even the, the wife says, you know, he didn't run the show, but Frank said, that's just, you know, what did he call it? Uh, skill sets. Okay, so I think Stan was a killer. You know what I mean? Because Blake doesn't look all like right, a killer. Right. I'm scooping what you're pooping. Go ahead so, and keep going on with this. So say Frank and Stan robbed the jewelry store for the diamonds. Okay? I'm assuming that the boy in the picture is probably who Ray was sent to kill. And Scarface Bartender is the girl. And she's there keeping tabs on Frank. Waiting for that moment or something, you know? Or maybe the boy's still alive and is the Ravenhead or something. I don't All know. Right. All right. Um, I actually looked at a few things on Reddit and a few articles about this. And believe it or not, you're not far from a popular theory. Oh, that, really? That nice. Frank was involved <laughs> in the heist because he was a... Uh, he was a badass back in the 90s and was coming up and come player. Um, the divergence a lot of people have is, is why the Blue Diamonds? Well, everybody, a lot of people were reading, and I kind of like this part, is that Frank stole the diamonds. That was part of his millions he gave Casper. Because we have never seen cash, or we've never seen the millions, and he said he liquidated himself. For all we know... The diamonds and that wad of cash in the safe deposit box, that's Frank's stash. That's what he gave him for the deal, and it was never made you know, with the Catalyst people. That's a theory. Do I think that's rock solid? No. I think there's something yeah. more to it, but it's I, a possible. I think Frank has said that he gave him straight cash. Possible. I, I'm not 100%. That's a popular thing that was online that some people were saying and so on. Here, Here's my two thing on the two kids, and this is one of my burning questions. I Here you do the math. He said one kid was four, one was eight, I think, in the show, something around there. Maybe. I know he said one was four, and the other one in the picture was close to that age. So let's just say four and eight for hypothetical. Okay. If you do the amount of years, okay, it was 92, so this is eight years plus 14, so that's 22 years. So we got one that's probably 26, 28, maybe one around 30. Who in this show fits? their their look at that age level that we have seen but just enough to make them a part of the show but not a main character here's my thought Chisani's daughter Chisani's kids or at least one of them is one of the adoptive kids okay and maybe the other one is the raven I don't know is Lieutenant, you know, I've always said Lieutenant Burris is the Ravenhead. I've, I, I'm just still 100% on that. I think he's my ultimate. I have some other theories I like and I'll explain later, but could Lieutenant Burris be the boy? Because he would be older. He was in the picture, he was older. Too old. You think so? Too old. So, okay. So there's that possibility. And too white. Because these yeah. people look Latino. I got you there. So uh, I can't really think of another male character that I've seen. That would fit that. I don't think Jasani's son fits it. He's a buffoon, but you know he's not old enough. Yeah. So I mean, that I think I think we've seen these kids as adults. We just don't realize it. And like you said, Scarface could be the girl, you know, or it could be Jasani's daughter, or it could be it could be Emily. It could be Paul's new girl. You know, it could be. There's no telling. 
I look at Jasani's daughter as being too young and too clean cut. Okay. Because the, the, the ex-cop made a thing about feeling horrible that those kids got thrown into the system, the mm-hmm. foster system, which made me think more about Scarface Chick because I could see her growing up rough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, maybe we haven't seen the male because, like I said, maybe the male is who Ray killed. You know, because... If Frank, no, if the, Frank guy, realized, the, the guy that, that was killed that they showed a picture of who was a dirt bag, da 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 he 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 was he doesn't fit that picture in my mind. Plus that puts a hole in your theory because if the girl was keeping tabs on him and but that's the guy he killed a long time ago, then why wouldn't Ray be murdered with a shotgun because if he was the one who killed him originally? That don't make that doesn't make that doesn't make sense to me. Unless somehow she knows the reason why Ray did it. I don't know. I think that's pretty thin. I I agree. But I still feel like the girl in the picture is Scarface. Now, I can grow with you on that. They've shown just enough on her, and she could be that sympathetic point to whoever their character is. Don't kill Ray. Don't kill this guy. He's a good guy. I like him. You know, that kind of stuff. And maybe that's the reason he lived through that shotgun blast. But it doesn't explain anything. Like I said, still think the lieutenant's the shooter. So, okay. let's move on. All right. We're at... Um, Annie's at the house, and she's knifing this dummy to death. You know, okay, <laughs> pop, 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 hitting this thing over and over and over again. This uh, is really cool, by the way. I, you know, I was impressed. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you've ever never taken a knife to a something and stabbed at it, it's not as easy as you think. And a lot of people make the mistake of when they go to stab at something, their hand slides down and you cut your fingers wide open. Trust me, I'm speaking from experience. Um, <laughs> You know, it's 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 no joke, and so I mean, it looked pretty realistic. I was impressed. I thought it gave some realism to the scene. Um, she was sweating pretty profusely for all this, you know, action here. Probably, anyway, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, she went through like two knives, I think, during the scene. You know, um, and of course, basically, she's just talking about, hey, her sister's like, hey, you need to start, you need to dress up like you're a two thousand dollar hooker, and this and that, and so on, and. Uh, Basically saying, you don't look very good. You need to kind of shake it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. So, And what do you think? I mean, the sister clearly had been to one of these parties before. She keeps saying, that's what I heard. I hear you have to do this and stuff like that. I mean, I know the sister's straightened up now, but clearly she went to a couple of these parties. Yeah. There's a little, yeah. little much experience here. Yeah. Um. Then we go back to Frank and Jordan, and they're there with this person. We don't know at first. When you understand, this is Joyce. This is Stan's wife, and they give her an envelope, and I'm guessing it's full of cash and you know, cash. valuables and stuff. And they're telling her how great of a guy and so on, and she's really upset and stuff. And then, um, you know, he, he understands. He looks out there, and he sees this kid throwing the ball against the wall. Um, and it cuts away. And this is part – I don't. this didn't last episode, too, where – they cut into a little scene for two minutes, and then they come right back to Frank and this kid. I didn't like this. I don't like this at all. They did it last episode and the episode before where we keep splicing into these scenes, and I guess it's to make little shorter ones, but it doesn't work for me. Why don't I just go ahead and stay with that and run the flow? That It's just know? weird editing. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't get that. Um, it Because it cuts right in, and you see Ray with his son in this model airplane. He's dumping it all on the table, and he's like, yeah, it's got 80 bombs on it. And the kid just hits him, well, it kills people. I got no interest in this. You know, it was just, it was it was tough to watch that part, you know, where you get the person supervising it and yeah. so on, and he's trying so hard, and the kid's just sitting there like a statue. 
But can you blame the kid? No. He's got to be super uncomfortable. You've got this <laughs> heavyweight black female just staring at him, and the only thing missing from her scowl is a long cigarette hanging off her lip. You know, it just... I don't know. I mean, it just... From what we've seen of Ray as a father figure, it's not so good. So he just looks extremely uncomfortable, extremely well, anxious. There's there's your problem right there. You said the word Ray and father figure in the same sentence. They just don't go <laughs> yeah. together. Well, exactly. Yeah. So, and I think this gave him clear, you know, information about why, you know, this ain't going to work. Yeah. I mean, the kid... The kid is no longer receptive. Yeah, a total loss. Well, then you're saying, like I said, cut back to Frank. We have this moment where he talks to this kid about, you know, life separating and events. This was one of his big monologues. I did enjoy this monologue. I, did. I like that one part. Your life's about the splits. Right. I've got about five. Before this and after that. I love that. Yeah, I think that's so really true. good. I think it was great. But unfortunately, I could care less about this scene. Yeah. Well, we just don't know who the heck Stan is. I mean, is he just a henchman? Was he one of his regular guys like that? Why Why do we get to all this information and have to wait for a payoff that where you and I are afraid we're not going to get? I think we're only showing all this crap because Stan was killed. And once I, again, I heard that Stan's eyes were burned out. Yeah, I heard that too. Somebody else said that to us. So I'm like, I didn't go back and look, but you said you thought the same thing. I thought they were. If his eyes are burned out, then that increases my curiosity about who killed him and why. And so that makes me feel good that we're talking to Stan's family a little bit, but we got nothing from it other than evidently Stan was important to Frank. And so on. I think the whole purpose of this was to just be more about character development for Frank to show that he can be a good father, even though he had a terrible life growing up. And unfortunately, I just don't care. I think it's, it's just unnecessary. It's okay if that happens episode two or three. Yeah, But exactly. episode six Why? of eight, that stuff's got to be off the table. Yeah. Now, if you want to focus on Stan, because he's had two minor scenes and all of a sudden he ended up dead and now we got to worry about his widow and his kid and stuff i'm just i just can't i can't fathom why this is so important to this episode Why now yeah i just yeah. like you said earlier i just i don't i don't get it whatever um then goes back to ray and he's talking to the kid and he's like hey you're gonna hear some stories you're gonna hear some things but the one thing you need to know i love you and i'm your father no matter what you hear what you say you know and he's like you know you might not be seeing much anymore like that are you okay with that and he goes yeah i guess you know, and I, I think this is he one said. Re- I guess not. Yeah, I guess not. Like he wants to say something to appease his dad, but not really. Um, and I think, like you said, this is when he realized this is not a good situation. He wants to watch Friends. You know, and who who tells their kid? Yeah, I had a girlfriend twenty years ago who watched that. Well, not just, that uh, not that character building and loving touching moment with your son when you say something like that. I think he just realized he can't relate. With his son. No, yeah. I mean, there ain't no doubt. That he has really nothing to offer him. I nothing mean, but pain, anguish, you know, frustration. I mean, just, no. I mean, even when he tells him love him, the kid's like, okay, you know. Yeah, it's... And I think he realizes that, but this woman's watching him, and she even sees this is a parent. You're, you don't need to be involved with this kid's life. Yeah, the relationship is broken. There's no doubt. Um. So then Ray comes home with a, a nice big bottle, a bag of goodies, the whole nine yards. Gets his credit card out and just goes into a, just an all mode. night. I could give a dang about the world, 
you know, yeah. binge. Um, and I, I love the the shadow boxing and the uh, you know the pull up bar. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a little cheesy, but I think he pulled it off. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've had days where I was like, nothing went right. I, you know, I'm pissed at the world, you know, and I'm just like, I'm going to go do something and just forget about reality for a night. You know, I'm not saying you have to drink or do drugs like that because, you know, that's not me. But I've had things where I just go and do something. I used to have a big four-wheel drive, and I'd just go drive in the mud forever and, you know, rev it to the end just to get my mind off of reality. Yeah, so, some people work out and yeah, things I mean, like that. Different ways, different strokes, different folks, you know. But uh, Ray did it his way, you know. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Um, but I liked how they showed every step of the evening for where he was just blasting Coke and drinking so fast. And you could tell the same song was playing. So he was doing it fast. Yeah. And going and going. And then you see him start to crash and crash. Did you notice depressed. that his hair turned all wet and slimy? You know, he's getting hot over like that. And then all of a sudden it flashed to him where he was right back to normal. His hair wasn't greased. It was all, it was just kind of pushed back. And then he stands up and walks over there and makes the phone call. You know, there was a few, you know, scenes there where it just shows him just looks like he's perspirating from everywhere and just sloshed. And then all of a sudden he's okay. And he's making a phone call. But that's the thing with like cocaine too, is, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts with guys that have done cocaine. They say, this is how a lot of it is, is the crash is so hard. That's why you're constantly trying to get more trying to get more. Cause you don't want to come down and you sweat your ass off and you won't stop moving and you're jowling and you're right. talking a bunch and stuff. So I could see where this is just, he beat reality for a little bit, and then it set in again, and it's just... Yeah. So he's moving his model airplanes everywhere, so if he calls his wife, begs her not to do the paternity, she says, I'm doing it for her, he makes her a deal. I won't contest contestity, I won't come anywhere around him anymore, as long as you just never tell the kid, you know, swear to me that he, that way I... That way he knows, and I always know that, you know, I was a father to somebody, you know, it's that emotional attachment, and I... I kind of understood that, you know, he, he wants to have something positive in his useless life, you know, that he's a father, he was a father to somebody. You I don't know, even know if real. he, I don't even know if it's about that. I think he actually cares enough about the kid to not want the kid to know that he was the product of rape. I think that's part of it, but I do believe it was, some of it was self-serving that he does want to at least say he's a, he was a father to something. You know, to yeah. say he has one positive. Because he did say it early in the season. He's like, that kid, even in the situation he is, is the only thing I have in my sorry, pathetic life. Yeah. No, I understand. I just, uh, but we had a little time jump too, you know, because it was cool. When he picks up the phone and he looks at his hand and it's all bruised and bloody. Yeah. And then the models airplanes are destroyed. Yeah. And everything, <laughs> yeah everything's was, wrecked. Ooh, yeah. Um, all right, then it goes to we got Annie, Paul, Ray are all discussing the case, what we found out about the diamonds. Um, then, they're, then they're talking about Annie going into this party. Uh, are you sure you want to do this? And they, you know, she gets dressed up. They talk about how they're going. You know, we're going to be there to support you. We're gonna, and there was a cool little line where he, he pulls this little deal out. And he, yeah, yeah uh, just put that somewhere. You know, and she looks at him like, go to you know where, and he goes. <laughs> Like a shoe, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was it was a subtle, but it was a good little humorous point. Yeah, but I think that's also plays off Annie's character and how defensive she is immediately when it oh, yeah. Her could possibly be were, a yeah, you know, you know, a feminist. You know, <laughs> I liked it. Um, 
So then we see Annie, and she's in a lineup at a bus station, and these guys are checking her out. And we see Blake, you know, and he walks. How convenient is it that Blake walks over to her, has this dialogue of saying, hey, Athena, you're, you're a little older, but you got something about you. This just kind of bothered me a little bit. I mean, I understand connecting the Blake to the everything, but I just didn't think it was necessary. I think it was more about showing Blake and how cocky he's gotten and yeah. how he thinks he's moved up the ranks already. Here's one thing. I think they might have shown this, and this is what I want to believe, is that he made the decision to let her in this party, and then what she's done now puts Blake in the crosshairs you know, of the big wigs because he allowed, he brought the girls, he allowed this one on there. She goes what she does. And so that gets him in hot water and maybe he'll be sleeping with the fishes. And by this time, this is all over. Oh, I think Ossip has a master plan on all this really that he's planning on either Frank taking vengeance on Blake or, or whatever. I just don't assume Blake making out of this alive. Because yeah. I think he's just trying too hard. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, then we goes to a part where Frank and his crew break into this house. Um, this is for our, uh, what's her name? Irina is her name? Yeah, yeah Irina yeah. Ruffalo. Or Ruffalo? I, I can't pronounce Just go with Irina. Um, and they're looking for her because, you know, this is the one that has the connection to Casper stuff, different things. And then they break in this place, and then all of a sudden, the cartel breaks in right behind them. Hang I on. I didn't get this. You missed a wonderful scene of a guy getting a nail gun. Dude, so forgot. I shot mean, into him to yeah, get this information. No joke. Uh, so forgot that part on my notes here. I know why. Because my jaw was still on the floor and it was you know around my pen. But anyway, yeah. How about the palm nailer? Yeah. You know. Never I, before We're going to get one of those, by the way. Is it a low special? You know. You know, I've seen them. I've never even tried to use one before, but never seen that in a show. Good originality. Using yeah, you know, very nailer. unique. I was looking at him like, you could put a needle in him and give him some drugs or something. No, we're going to nail his hand to the table. <laughs> yeah. You know. And, and then, how about the one right in the back of the shoulder blade? I think just, what a random location. But you imagine that hitting your bone, your shoulder Ugh. blade? That would hurt so bad. Yeah. Um, you know, the part I did like about this, you know, there's so many, you know, you see bad guys in movies and different things. And, you know, the guy's asking questions. He's not getting answers. I know where this is going. And he has to look at him and kind of give this look like, yeah, go ahead and do it. You know, his eyes, like, I don't, I didn't want to go to this point, but I guess we got to. It was very believable. I really enjoyed that. That was one of those few moments in Vince Vaughn acting right here that it really showed like a human emotion of somebody who's, I guess, want to be legit, who's not, you know, to have to do that. And I, I, I appreciated it. Okay. But at the end of the interrogation, when he's getting up to walk away and stuff like this that. This is going to hurt. But did you think, oh, he's going to get a palm nail to the skull or something? I, I thought it was done. No, he just pried the nail out of his back for him. I was like, oh, okay. Nicely yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just shows you that, you know, he, he he's not a killer. He's not he's not that anymore. He just well, no, wants he is. I bet if he, the guy didn't give him the info, he would have killed him. But he's also honest in the fact, like, Give it to me or you will die. But if you give it to me, you won't. You're going to hurt. Yeah. You know? Pulls the nail out. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, this is going to hurt. And he just has like a claw hammer and he's peeling yeah. that nail out. Yeah. Kudos for catching that, bro. Kudos. Um, 
So yeah, he gives the information of the safe house for where she's been holding up. Yeah, the girls. But it's a Mexican cartel safe house. Yeah. The cartel comes in, you know, and I had some different thoughts on this. Did they come in because Frank and them busted it in? Or is it because they were looking for the girl too? I don't think they were looking for the girl. Either the guy that just got nailed made a phone call to them, which would be scary because you've already given up the information. Yeah, I don't see that. Or what I assumed was is they were following Frank. Yeah. I just thought it was really weird the cartel showed up. I'll be honest with you. I just, it didn't, I think it was a bridge too far. It's really weird that they're in the show, period. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's unnecessary. And it's very tropey. It's very tropey. And the Cisco kid guy, and then the leader guy, and the whole, it just, you know, and then the line, he's like, oh, wow, knocked us off my bucket list, you know, uh, Mexican, um, Mexican uh, Mexican standoff with with real Mexicans. I was like, I was like, exactly, you know, I'm like, this is, some people, like, I listened to a few people, and they were like, oh, what a great line, and I'm like, this is garbage see that takes a big dump on everything that he did well this episode exactly it was one of his weakest moments i just think that was so what it's like it was a a weak attempt of humor by a humorous actor in this type of show it was this whole little part was unnecessary to me i i just there's no need like you said why is a cartel even involved you know because now you know the last episode it got my heart racing when he's in the house and having a good moment with Jordan. And I'm thinking, okay, we're finna see a, a spray of ammo go across the wind, window and walls and all that stuff. And Jordan going to hit a few times and Frank's going to, you know, it's going to be a, you know, a cartel shootout. And it had my heart racing because of, Oh, is this going to happen? It's going to happen. You know, they're showing all this lovey dovey stuff, something bad about to happen. Instead we get nothing for it. And now we get the cartel in it where now cartel needs him live because they have a, a free stake in his clubs. So it's like now the cartel are just completely moot. You know, I just, I didn't get it at all. Complete waste to me. Once again, if this doesn't come back in some form or fashion by the end of this, which I'm not even sure I want it to, but otherwise, this was just a really silly side plot, you know, that happened to throw in the girl that was pawning Casper's stuff. Yeah, I, I, I just it it was a it was a low point for me for the episode. These are some of the things that really killed the overall for me. Um, got Annie at the party. She's made the bus trip. Um, she's there, which she doesn't communicate to anybody. Thought it was kind of strange that, uh, her missing girl was on that bus, obviously, and didn't ever notice it. You know, did you, you know, I thought that was kind of strange. Of course, we find her later, but anyway, yeah, we'll get to that. Right. Um, and then they do the spray in the mouth, um, Molly. And then, um, while this is all going on, you see Ray and Paul go out there and take this guard out, give him a choke down and work I their like way up. I like this though, because... Most shows would have gone to, oh, he snaps his neck or he, you know. He, oh, yeah. He, it was realistic. Him, sticks him under the chin or something with a knife and it's all silent and stuff like that. I'm like, no, this is what it, this is how long it takes to choke someone to sleep. You know, he didn't yeah, kill him. He's a cop. He's yeah. not supposed to kill folks. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, he can't just leave a, a trail of bodies. Well, that, you know, a lot of people who get, you know, are choked out, they're still standing and holding them. Da, da, da. No, he's laying on his back and yeah. have to hold him really, really it's hard. He's a big guy. He's choking. Yeah. Uh, very realistic. I appreciate it like you did. I thought it was good. It's a realistic scene on a 
super coincidental moment very soon. Yeah. Where they're by the window and the deal goes down just perfectly for them to hear and stuff. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a minute. Yeah. Um, then it cuts back to Frank again, and he gets the phone call from Irina. And she's like, you know, hey, this and that, I'm supposed to call you. And he's like, where'd you get stuff? And she goes, a thin white cop gave it to me to pawn. Um, this, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, this is one of my... This is one of my burning questions. We've got to we've got to un- find out who is the thin white cop, and my answer is unanimously is Lieutenant Burris. It's Teague Dixon, obviously. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, thin white cop. You know, uh, yeah, his yeah, his ankles were thin, or his cankles. Whatever Probably you not. Call. Probably not. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, when he first said this, my first interpretation was, yeah, oh, this is Teague setting up the meth lab. But then when she said a thin white cop, I was like, the only other person who would even know about all this and was part of this, of course, is um, Lieutenant Burris. This goes back to my whole theory. The guy didn't want all this manpower going to the cook lab. He knew it was going to go down. The mayor was involved. Hey, you know, Dixon's like, we went, we just wait. You know, uh, it was it was so obvious. And so this is Burris. Burris is the Raven Man. <laughs> I'll keep saying it. But anyway, uh, it's what makes sense to me. Um, he goes, hey, you know, I'll pay you a thousand. Let's meet somewhere. We're safe. You know, she, you know, uh, she's like, okay, we'll do it. And that's cuts back. And then it goes back to Paul and Ray, and they're sneaking around. And then they get, like you said, to this wind right next to this window, and you see Ossip and um, the catalyst guy, and they're they're signing paperwork, and you catch the twelve million buy-in on this one. And he's like, you're going to take care of this deal like you took care of the money for a seaman? And he's like, my Frank. And he's like, oh, no, that's Casper's deal. You know, I ain't, ain't part of that, you know. And your investments are way more important to us. Right. So to me, tell me if I'm wrong, Math, here. You know, that means that Frank's money never made it to Catalyst. You no, know, they know that. They know it didn't make it. Well, you know, I had this slight feeling that everybody was just ripping him off, you know, and he didn't have enough juice to, you know, to make it happen. No, I honestly I think that his money died with Casper, pretty much, and that somebody's, maybe even Ossip's deal is, I'm not in unless Frank's out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. I and, don't know. And you think who was interested in the poker room? Foreign interest. Mm-hmm. You know, so if Ossip's trying to move in and take over everything Frank has, including his land and the land deal and stuff like that. I mean, I could easily see this being all Ossip's doing, removing, or even Catalyst and them removing Frank and Casper to let make room for Ossip to come in. Yeah, very possible. Um, so, then it cuts away again to Frank, and he's got his whole crew, and they're coming to this recycling plant or somewhere, and he walks up, and there's a girl, and she's got cut marks all over, throat slashed. And, of course, the cartel pops their lights on. And, of course, this is another scene my heart's racing. I'm like, okay, are we about to see machine guns go off and everybody drop, you know? No. Instead, we get to see the Cisco kid come out there cleaning his knife and flexing their muscle. And he's like, what in the French are you doing? Why would you do this? Da-da-da. You know, you only let me talk. She was working for the cops. It's obvious. She had to go, you know? Another part I just didn't like, you know? I mean, why? I like, I like Frank's reaction. I think like, the reaction was genuine, but... You know, if they knew he was coming over to talk to the girl, 
to get some more information. No, that was just a, a power play. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't like it. I wanted more information. No, it's just said, me wanting to figure out the case. Yeah, once again, I don't truly care about the cartel part. Yeah, waste. Um, all right, so then Annie's walking around the party. She's woozy. Uh, she's seeing a bunch of different characters, a bunch of big power people. Didn't see anybody I recognize, of course, except for Blake, Ossip, uh, one or two other people. I'm pretty sure I saw the chief of police, mainly mainly because he's the only black male I saw in the party, because he has like like a tight afro, you know, uh-huh. and I think it has like a little white streak in it. I'm pretty sure I saw him standing as Ossip and, God, what's the catalyst guy's name? Kesselbeck or something like that? Hasselip or something. I, I don't know. Remember. Anyway, them walking together through the party. I think I'm pretty sure I saw him. And yeah, and like you say, like Blake, and that's it. Yeah. Didn't and, see um, the mayor's son. Chisani's yeah, I son. didn't see uh, Tony. I didn't see Chisani. Yeah. So I'm curious about that. Because, you know, there, if it's still a blackmail thing, you know, he may be somewhere running the, you know, abundance of TVs with cameras. You know, getting all the blackmail footage. That's right. Yeah, I mean... But, once again, there's only two episodes left. Does any of that matter? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean... Do the sex parties even matter? Yeah, and see, originally one of your theories was, and one of my burning questions is, is that are we going to be able to connect the Bohemian Grove theory now? I mean, it's like they've derailed from that whole aspect of it, too. And how about David Morris, you know, uh, Annie's father? You know, the only conclusion we have with that now is her seeing these flashes of somebody who evidently raped her when she was littler. You know, the bearded Jesus-looking fella, you know, uh, definitely hippie, the van. Do credit to the, like, switching to 8mm film to see her, you know, walking oh, around. No, it, I thought it, that was pretty sweet. It was well done. It was completely the opposite of what you do on Molly, but, I mean, Molly is ecstasy. I mean, you, you, if you didn't notice, she was the only girl in the whole party that wasn't having a good time. Yeah, I, I don't know. Other than... Uh, Vera, who she finds in the corner, passed out. You know, so it's like it, this was poorly done. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't make sense. You know, um, of course, some an old tycoon. You know, grabs her up and says, "Come on, baby, take me up." And she gets the knife. You know, out of the pig and a character actor we've seen in dozens and oh, dozens yeah, of he's things. Great stuff. You know, you and he always really plays some big Texas. Politician, yeah, yeah, you know. I'm all about the dialogue, you know, but in the room, you know. Had, you <laughs> he know. said, "I could talk to you all day about uh, oil. oil drilling or whatever like that, but I bet you want to do something else." And, yeah. You know, ah, <laughs> uh, and so evidently, this is the big, you know, orgy that they talked about, and you know, you know, as she's walking around, you just see people having fun, people watching and servicing themselves Eesh. and doing different things. It was, Yikes. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was on. But once again, I kept expecting to see people that we knew. Yeah, I was expecting to see at least one that you didn't expect to see. It would be like, Including whoa. Elliot. Yeah. I, I was, was expecting like, to see Annie's dad at some point. You know, maybe not in the middle of a sex act, but overseeing the party or something. Yeah, you know? like even like even Jasani the mayor, who Pitler said he wasn't involved, maybe he would be there. Or, you know, like you said, uh, Annie's dad or some other person you just don't expect and you just didn't get that. 
you know, the person you don't expect is her hallucination of some person. And we're guessing, which I mean, obviously, you know, something bad to happen to her back in the right. day. And this drug is having some deal where it's, when it's sexually arousing, this pops up in her mind, you know? Well, no, I think she just looked around and you see all these people, all these women getting, they've been drugged. They've been objectified now, you know, through prostitution that probably just triggers in her mind when she was probably drugged and, and raped herself when she was young at this, you know, hippie commune. And really the surprise was finding Vera in the bathroom. Yeah. And that, it'd be interesting to see what she's going to have to, what her part is going to be for the next episode. Does she have the missing piece of information? We're missing, you know, what you see, she's still alive but she's the one who had the photos, the pictures. Right. So she's going to have a big piece of information, or at least we hope, that should maybe break this thing wide open. Hopefully. I mean, at least the diamonds. She should have some answers on the diamonds. Right. And hopefully that leads you back to maybe who the orphan kids are, where they're, why the diamonds are important, and then complete unravel. And why were the diamonds stolen from the evidence locker? You know, they're they're missing right now, you know? Lieutenant Burris. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe Elvis. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I mean, it's just... Uh, can, can Elvis be one of the orphan kids? Elvis? A man? Possible yeah. age? Eh, maybe a little he too old. He looks older than 30. He looks a little too old, maybe. Older than 30. Just putting it out there. But still. And that's a super long con. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to try to come back. But anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Um, Paul breaks in using his knife to get to the glass window, gets in there, gets the contract, stuffs it in his, you know, his pants out the window. He goes, Ray realizes somebody's coming, walks up to him like, Hey, then pop, you know, and then proceeds to beat the dog piss out of this guy. I mean, I think he gets at least six or seven shots in on him more easily more. I think he got 12 shots in and I was expecting it's abusive. I was expecting, like, you know, Paul to grab him, like, hey, yeah. man, what Get are you doing? You know. But no, it was just just cut to them running away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, good grief, he just pummeled this guy. <laughs> yeah. So then Annie gets into the bathroom. All right, I call bullcrap. She, you know, stick her finger down her throat to throw up. I'm guessing to try to dull the effects. That ain't happening. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I happen to be married to somebody who is in the medical profession, deals with drugs on a daily basis, and that aerosol was absorbed. That throwing up ain't going to do nothing for no, you. That's like a and straight so, to the bloodstream. Type uh, of- yeah. It, she, my wife was looking at it going, no deal. You know, and so she sees this girl conveniently passed out in the corner. Hey, that's her missing person. She puts her over her arm, starts carrying her out, and this big security guard snatches her up. And well, first... Oil Tycoon gets a nasty shot to the nuts. Oh, yeah. Hey, I told you I didn't want to have to come find you. <laughs> oh, and you hear like a crunching sound, too. Uh, she stomps the fire out of his crotch. She ruined his day. There ain't no <laughs> and th- there's all bowls of Viagra everywhere, so you know he'd already popped a couple, and uh, he's probably raging. that hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pin hammer. Well, so then this giant security guard, which I've seen this guy and some other stuff, too. Um, yeah, he plays like a big Russian dude and other stuff. Yeah, I've seen him. So he snatched up. 
she gets four or five good punks or slices on him before she even, you know, drops the knife and gets stripped up. And I, I enjoyed that. I hate that they showed us so much knife stuff earlier in the season that it made the, it, it, it was like we were all just drooling for a scene where she was going to have amazing knife skills. But reality of it was is that, yeah, she got some quick stabs and slices of this guy, but he still ended up, you know, taking, you know, getting advantage of her. And, of course, he succumbed to his injuries, you know. Oh, did it, did cut- it have the effect you hoped? Did you really enjoy this part? I have mixed feelings on this. I enjoyed this part, but I was expecting more of a part with that belt buckle knife or that crazy hook blade that she keeps, you know, hidden and stuff like that. More of a her in 100% clarity in a fight. Yeah. Not that she was doped and well, she still did awesome doped up. Um, but I've seen this before too. I mean, they did this in Game of Thrones. Um, I won't spoil anything for anybody, but another character was choking somebody. But he had been stabbed a bunch of times, and he finally has to give in, right, and dies that way. You know, so it's like it's not one hundred percent a new thing, but I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, of the scene, that's my favorite part. You know, okay. I, I, I like what it showed, and you know, it gave truth to what she said earlier. You know, anybody who puts their hands on them, they're going to bleed out within a minute. You know, or under a minute, and. And that's what it's basically was just give you a visual visual representation of that. And so I appreciated that. I guess I just had high expectations of, of the knife scene that we were supposed to get. And she got a carving knife out of a pig's mouth, uh, you know, by happenstance at this party and was able to inflict that kind of damage with that kind of weapon while being drugged. And this guy is 40 times larger than her. Yeah, you know, and he's big. lifting her off the, you know, I mean, I've just. I don't know. Uh, it's, I just have a little. It just doesn't feel like it gave enough. But hey, I did enjoy it though. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, so then he gets the girl and she runs out there. And Paul and Ray are conveniently at the door that they come out of. Well, Was, Paul is. Ray went to get the car. Right. Um, a little convenient. But then they take off running and the guards are coming. They're shooting a little bit. And they get to the car and they take off. Um, and then two things that ruined the ending for me. And then you might be completely off of this, but... A stupid full moon. Okay. How about the really, really poor photoshopped <laughs> moon? Uh, whoever did the paint program cut and paste on the final part of the film, shame on you. As well as Paul's line of, oh my God, we got signatures everywhere. And I was like, Really? Okay, did you pick that up from your kid detective book? I mean, yeah, it, I was like, really? Why it's spoon feeding? This? It's spoon feeding dialogue. And honestly, I didn't much care for the him flooring it sideways down oh, the yeah, street. The, and the, stuff. the tail skid and everything. I, What's the, what was the point? Was there cars chasing them? Was there racing guy? I was like, I wasn't a big fan of the final part of this. And which sucks because there was a lot of tension and, and build up, and then it was kind of just deflated with my son's, you know paper mache moon and the terrible line from paul and the skid out and stuff it's like Egh. i know it because 
from the part where she's at the door with um, Arena all the way back to where she first walked into the party, all that was good. There was good tension. There was worry. You're looking around for all these characters, trying to see somebody. She's having flashes. She's drunk and woozy. Of course, a lot of nudity and stuff like that. Visual eye candy, of course. But you get to see the down and dirty and what truly is the corruption and influential people. All that was great. And for it to end with this whimper or these poorly pot, you know, spots, I was disappointed in Spotchnik for that one. I think that was a misfire. Yeah, I was going to say, Spotchnik, who we know or have much respect for because of his Game of Thrones work, I was just kind of like, man, that petered out pretty poorly. Bad. Really bad. And just like when they were running down the hill away from things, it, it was just so, there was nothing about it. You know, it was just like the camera was just following along with them. There was no cool direction or angle or point of view. The best or, the best shot was when Ray's driving and you just see like that shot out the passenger window and there you see him coming down the hill. I was like, oh, okay, that looks pretty cool, but the rest of it was pretty Right, you know, and then there was a line I missed it earlier when it had the catalyst guy and Ossip, and he was like, oh, it's "Good luck to make a deal with a full moon and all this stuff." I was like, "What?" Well, no, it's it's full moons out. Best time to you know seal deals, or seal lines, like or something. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, uh, yeah, no. So that, that's some line. frank writing right there. Yeah, somebody else got the pleasure of getting a yeah. really poorly put line. Um. So, of course, that was in the episode. That wraps with the credits. Um, but like I said, there was some really good parts. Overall, I enjoyed it because it gave us more breadcrumbs. It revealed a lot. Uh, and finally getting more into the plots I'm thirsting for and those things. But just so many little bad tacky parts that just kind of kill the mojo for the whole episode. Well, the thing is, is some of the parts are just so out of left field that you get a sour taste in your mouth where it's like all the good stuff that you've shown me. Cause I feel like I'm really ragging on this episode and ragging on this season, but I'm not. Cause if you've listened to our other podcast, you know, I'm high on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we've said in the past, I know you've said that every episode has gotten better and better and better, Right. but I think we're just at the point now where dang it, we need to f- start having loose ends start paying off. We've got so much plot going on, and now we're adding more than we're getting conclusions that we've already got. You know, and that's just a big part of this that I don't understand how in two episodes we're going to get enough conclusions or tying of loose ends to make everything we've gotten so far worth or matter. Yeah, I mean, I've already said I hope that the final two episodes are hour and a half episodes to to really fill in all the stuff that's needed. Because, I mean, to me... We have four major characters. I think one episode could knock out two, and then the other episode could knock out the other two. Because right. you almost need that much time to really to feel like you got a satisfying ending to their story. Right, right. Um, let's talk about a, um, a couple of other little of our burning questions we didn't cover, and they're more generic um, one of the big things is that, you know, we've never got a really big answer, but I don't know if we're actually supposed to until the very end, but I think it's a burning question. They keep changing the lyrics to the theme song. Um, you know, they keep giving you different parts like that. And every time it comes back to this one line that is my burning question. And it says, you know, the line the lyric says, you know, I live among you very well disguised. 
And I think that is just really, really important to say that the one of the big reveals, which I'm guessing the Raven mask um, or another person, you know, that is supposed to be one of these hundred plots is a big part of this. And, you know, do you, do you think that's accurate based on that? The only one I think that could be would be Paul. Just because Paul has such a weird, I don't know, a weird story, you know? We don't know enough about his background, even though we know so much. Yeah, it's it's knowing a lot with with having so many holes that you can't fill in any right. gaps. And that's what my that's what my next burning question is: is that Paul? We know so much, but also know so little about his background, including you know Black Mountain and so on. Does that fit into the possibility of him possibly being integral with this whole, you know? overall plot or i mean basically like is he does he have a chance to be the raven head or is he involved in this and some other facet that's what i want to know you know is is that the case because we know everything about annie almost i mean yeah she grew up terrible she now that we were raped we got all that stuff but nothing other than you know that shows any like well we don't know enough but we do and at least my opinion we do we know enough about ray we know enough about frank but Paul's still that mystery. And so, like you said, he could be, you know, he's of all of the main characters, he has enough shadow about him and just peculiarness and the opportunity and, you know, we don't know motive, but, you know, he could. A weird left field theory just hit me. Okay. And this is rando, rando. What if Paul's, Gay lover, the other Black Mountain guy, is the boy in the photograph. Wow. Hey, fits the age demographic. Yeah. Very, very Now, true. that just hit me. Now, but now, think about this. If that's the case, then Paul could be feeding information, different things. He could be exactly. intertwined with this. So he is a part of this. Maybe not the actual shooter, but, you know, but he's involved enough. But let's say Scarface Girl's the girl, right? This guy, a lot of foster kids or kids in the system going to join the military. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 hey, I'm picking. I'm picking it up. What you dropping, man? So if Scarface is there, keeping an eye on Frank because these two witnessed Frank and Stan kill their parents, execution style, and they've just waited this whole time to be old enough to take revenge or. Or maybe because they were wearing masks, they didn't know who it was until recently. Yeah. Because he's in town. He's in town where, you know, Paul is. Hey, the timing is right. You know, that's a... That's a... Man, that's, you know, because I've always said... Deep. I've always deep. said he's the Raven. That's your wild card. That wild, wild card starting to look a little good. You know, maybe uh, we have to raise your. Yeah, we have to raise on that when we talk about the usual suspects. Yeah, <sighs> maybe I'm on to something. Yeah. Oh, good God. Anyway, um, all right. Here's here's a wild card little theory burning question. Leo Amarillo, no dose off of Breaking Bad. Uh, you know, we, we know he's dead and gone. All right, Leo Amarillo in Spanish means yellow. Um, you know how Pizzolatto is all about the Yellow King and this and that. Do you think this is just? convenient you know conspiracy or has a point probably nothing 
Yeah, I just think it's a random fact that happened to connect. Yeah, or maybe it's something he plans on doing every season of something he does, is adding some yellow, you know, just drop in. I'm not going there. Let's let's go into a little feedback. Let's Let's talk about a little of that. Um I got Xavier here. Uh, guys, I think this, best of, uh, this was the best episode of the season so far, uh, but that's not saying much, unfortunately. Rachel McAdams' character was raped, which beats Farrell's killed the wrong guy twist, as the season is most unsurprising revelation. I was more shocked th- that the girl Frank was looking at turned up dead. Um, I believe this was to hide the last prize uh, bad guy. Do y'all agree? I mean, like I said, I don't even like to think about Frank in the cartel dealings. Um, making Annie a past rape victim kind of makes it kind of tropey again. You More know? character development when we're so close to the end, I just don't get. How does that help the overall plot? I don't know. And the only thing I can think of is, is tying it into Elliot at some point, you know, him overlooking the rape or something There was like one that. person we had a feedback said, was that the young Elliot? Was that a dad raping her daughter? Ew, I don't think I so. I think they would have just made him look younger if yeah. we wanted that. I think that's a completely different dude. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, Russell comes in and goes, a good episode, but overall I'm just disappointed with the season, guys. The story has been so fragmented and vague. Even get a get get a great cast such as this to have have this kind of season can't be saved. I tune in every week hoping the story will get better, but I feel empty at the end of each week. But I do appreciate y'all breaking each part down because I feel like the tidbits of the puzzle will eventually come together and hopefully has a great ending. I'm with you, Russell. I mean, disappointing season. No, I think it just goes back to if you compare it to season one, you're going to be disappointed. I think it's just a different stove. I think it's better than a lot of TV out there that's on. Um, unfortunately, I am the part of it. I'd rather have the, I'd rather have these puzzle pieces and let me try to figure it out and have a cool reveal other than every puzzle piece have, you know, 30 minutes of character building around each one of them. And then you have a bunch of puzzle pieces. You don't even know our puzzle pieces. So it's what I feel like. Yeah, because I won't say I'm disappointed in the season. I may end up, at the end of this, be disappointed disappointed in the plot. But I've not been let down by any of the characters or you know, the way this has been filmed and stuff like that. I mean, it's still top-notch television. Oh, yeah. It's, just it's, not- it's gritty. It's realistic. There is some good writing that I really enjoy. And I, I do enjoy that it's not stereotypical. That we do, you know, go backwards and forward, time jumps, different things of that nature. That's not, it's not a Law and Order episode. It's eight episodes of intriguing mystery, but this season just has a lot more building around the intriguing mystery. I would agree with you in the fact that it's intriguing and stuff like that, but I I think the plot is going to end up being a Law and Order episode. I think the plot's going to be that simple. Is what it seems like to me, which is kind of disappointing to me, because the characters are so complex. I think the plot is going to be so simple. When I wish there was a little bit better balance. I agree. I, I agree. I, I'm with you there. I completely do. I think he was totally going for character driven, and that being what makes the show. I just I think people want to know more about the crime and plot, and, and that's why we have such indifference about it. Yeah, I just you know. 
Victor goes, guys, um, hoping for a better season next. Uh, here are my two choices for the next two True Detectives. What are your thoughts? Russell Crowe and Edward Norton. I'll watch Edward Norton in anything. He's fantastic. I hear you. Russell yeah. Crowe, I saw him play a cop in American Gangster. He was fun. You know. I think that um, if we do have another season, which I'm very hopeful we do, I think they're going to shoot for at least one mega star. You know, like, uh, I think McConaughey is just a little higher breed or pedigree. And Woody Harrelson is too, don't get me wrong. Those are monsters. You know, comparative to what we have this season, um, I think if we do have next season, we're going to have to have at least one higher pedigree actor in there to be able to do some things. And I think you're going to have to show them a really good script and writing that's going to make people want to get into it because some people might look at this as if this could be disaster for some acting if the, if the script is not right. I mean, some people can look at it that Vince Vaughn has sealed the deal of never being a dramatic actor based on what they've seen on this series. I think he does have some good spots, but I wouldn't say he's done earned himself a ticket into the dramatic world based on what he's shown in this series. Yeah, I mean, I think he has the chops. He just the writing has not done him any favors. Like I said, yeah. plus but he's so typecast. Who would freeze. you? Who would you like to see? Any ideas? Arnold. Sch- no, I'm just kidding. I almost said it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you know, we'll just say a two man cast. Who I'm gonna be you? honest with you. Something that'll really blow out of the water. Denzel Washington. Would be a fantastic one. I don't awesome. think they could. I don't know if they could get him. But I mean, hey, it'd be good to throw. Uh, like to see a different. I mean, nothing against you know skin color like that. But that would be something different. I mean, we have yeah. two white cops. It's been all white cops. You know, it could be something cool if we had something that was more culturally relative the other right other way. Um, I could see him and, um, you know, really if you have him. And you have somebody on the same level as what we have this season, I think would be fine. I think he would tote the note, you know, and when it comes to that. I could think of a few people. Um, like I said, I mean, don't get me wrong. Ed Norton's a great actor. I think it would be great to see him. Um, I, I just, I'm trying to look for somebody who's not the top of the heap. They come down. I mean, like, uh, what about Sam Worthington or. Um, I mean. Jay Courtney is hot right now. Ugh. Um, no. I'm just throwing out. Oh, I tell you what. Um, who's who was the bad guy in Terminator Genesis? John Connor. Uh, I like that guy. Um, I don't know his name. Uh, Clark. No. Yeah, Jason Clark. You know his name? Perhaps. Yeah, I think it's his name. I think he'd be good. He's got a real dynamic. Um, he. I mean, he's done some mob and gangster stuff. I know he was with Johnny Depp in a gangster movie um, and a few other like Dillinger or something. Anyway, um, there's some other people. I mean, we can speculate that on all day. I mean, just. I know he's burned a boatload of bridges and could really use a renaissance like McConaughey needed was Mel Gibson. I mean, I know he hadn't been around, but if you saw Edge of Darkness, Edge of Darkness was awesome. Wow. And then Sam Rockwell. I love Sam Rockwell. No, absolutely not. No. Sorry. No, I I think he's typecast like... Vince Vaughn is. I think you, you've lost that. His one dramatic role was Green Mile, and he was a, a lunatic awesome. in that. He's fantastic. Is he that was a mean? lunatic. You've seen Moon? Yeah. Fantastic? Come on. I'm sorry. Oh. 
I'll take Sam Rockwell. Well, no, you. I'm disowning our blood bloodline. Oh, Sam Rockwell you, comment. Give me a break. You embarrass me. You would moving put, forward. You would I'm put moving Arnold on. And Sly uh, in much there. more. Uh, Let's put Steven Seagal in there. No, how about the muscles and Brussels? <laughs> Let's get John Claude. You know, how about that? Moving no. on. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's move down here. I got several of these. Uh, definitely the best episode of the season. Quote of the week goes to Frank for bucket list and Mexican standoff line. Do y'all agree? Absolutely not. Definitely not. Sorry. Uh, I appreciate the feedback, but thought that was terrible. Um, pretty good episode so far. Um, after watching the episode and the conversation table, a mostly well done scene. Do you think prank purposely, uh, set Ray up or not? Y'all thoughts. I think we answered this already. I think yeah. we both said no. Uh, thanks for the, um, deal there, Ray. Um, uh, here's a little funny one. Uh, Billy types in and goes, well, anybody expecting Arturo Mendez, AKA Ben Stiller and the Spanish language news to pop up at any time during the show to say, bro, como esta, you know? Um, no, but, no, but Hey, somebody, I but, guess we thought we we're going to have an anchor man, you know, blind I, spot. I thought he was going to go towards the guy who was the rapist who we've seen another good character actor. He's been in, yeah, dozens, he's been a bad dozens. guy in a lot of stuff. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's a good actor though. Yeah. Um, Penny says, maybe Stan's business and Frank's subsequent um, confronting of Stan's kid is to show us Frank would be a good parent in the future. This is why we've had so much dialogue and show uh, time on adoption and kids. Y'all think this is possible? I just can't bring myself to care, man. No, I mean, I guess so. But like you said, I don't really care. You know, I didn't like the part where he's like, you're, you're gold, you're 100% gold, you know. Uh, pure gold pure gold yeah. I'm like eh. I mean his grief counseling days were you know I don't know if he had that in his past you know I did like the part like the split but not the other stuff and um, I'm, a, I'm I'll, hoping that Stan had an integral part that's the reason his eyes are burned out and he was killed and we're gonna have a payoff for that or we better I'm gonna be pissed if we don't uh, let's go to another one uh, let's see here Peter, I'm glad I, I wasn't the only person that saw Annie's boogeyman and immediately had a traumatic flashback to Bob from Twin Peaks. This is a mid-season uh, really ripping it off. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Pizzolatto must be paying homage to Twin Peaks. Did you ever watch Twin Peaks? I never watched it. Um, I did a little checking on this. You know, I think I know what Peter's trying to talk about here, but I don't have enough background to say, yeah, they're ripping somebody off. So, sorry, Pete. I uh, do appreciate the um uh, the feedback though. Um, here's, here's another penny said, I'm wondering if the two kid witnesses who saw the original diamond heist in their parent and their parents that were killed, they were separated and put into foster care. Who are they now? Killing Casper could be a revenge thing. Scarred face girl could be the girl, but who is her brother? Ray, Frank, although I think they're too old, they've got some connection somewhere. This is an interesting point, And I wonder if this is, this is where the show is going. I think we talked about this as well. I think Scarface Girl could definitely be the chick in there. Uh, I think the boy could be the big mystery. You know, I wonder if we've seen him or not. But like you said, I'm hey, your wild card has all of a sudden got some uh, credibility. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, I put this in here. This was a long one, but I'm going to read it fast. Jen says, guys, uh, I want to need some thoughts. I thought of the arterial spray is from Miss Tasha is what I predict. Casper has gonorrhea. The autopsy showed it and the blood in the cabin tested positive for it. 
This is obvious to have been where Casper was involved. I don't think it's obvious. I think, you know, gonorrhea might be passed around, but if he was positive for gonorrhea and Tasha's his girlfriend, you can correlate to that, you know, that connection. Uh, I don't know. Um, Frank, a terror from the 90s, robbed the jewelry store, paid paid his part of the money to Casper with the diamonds. This was also referenced from the bakery scene where the mobster said, referenced in 92 where Frank was deeply involved in very devious dealings. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that. It's good. Uh, could Jasani's daughter and Lieutenant Burris, as well as Dixon, be working together to return the diamonds to their heir, Betty Chasani? One of the owners of the jewelry store. Lieutenant Burris questioned using so much manpower on the raid. Dixon questioned waiting until they're outside. They need to frame someone for Casper's death so Batty cannot be implicated. Did they not say the names of the couple that owned the store? They said it. I'm almost 100%. Yes, they did say the last name. It was, um, I wrote it in my notes. And it was like a foreign name. Um, hold on, let me go back. Who was it? Yeah... Hushman or Hushman, Margaret Hushman or something like that. It was the name. Okay. Uh, something like that. Um, all right. Um, here's another one that supports me. The Raven is Burris, perhaps a family member of the jewelry store owner. He left the LAPD to go to Vinci to watch over Betty and later revenge her parents' death. Possible. I mean, I'm not going to... I can't say that Lieutenant is not a prime suspect because... I mean, he really fits the bill. Yeah. No, like pun, a, no pun intended. But, I mean, the thing is, <laughs> like, he, the only thing I have against him mainly is he looks a bit too old to be doing the firebombing in the car and running. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that does hurt it. It does. All right. Um, in Native American folklore, uh, from the Sonoma area especially, the raven is one plus the other mask animals, the avenger who watches over and avenges the evil doings of humans. This is an interesting fact considering the sub, the subplot line of the story. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm beginning to think that the Raven Killer is it has everything to do with Frank. Like, that's going to be a different plot to do with Frank. Because... So far, what they've taken out Casper and pulled the deal out from underneath Frank. Yeah. Now they've taken out Stan, his number one man. You know, I just feel like that has completely to do with Frank. Nothing to do necessarily with the Catalyst stuff. I'm with you. Um, I think they divulged so much about the Catalyst deal, and it's out in the open now that we knew all this. The real crime here is like what you just said and predicted, and I'm kind of on board with this. Frank is the one who did the execution with Stan at the jewelry store. The kids kind of know it. They, they have a soft spot for Ray. They would know what's going on and addresses and different things because they see what Frank's doing. They've killed one of his men. It, it's one of the things that explains why Stan would be dead. You know, in this whole connection thing. And why they're spending so much time on Exactly. And so realistically, Frank doesn't realize it, but his past is what the plot of the show is. And these cops are 
figuring it out in their own unique way. And the catalyst thing and the orgy and all that stuff like that is all deflection. Yeah, because if you look at it, they have separated the three cops into their storylines, basically. Annie is completely focused on the missing girl, pretty much. And Paul is focused on the diamonds. And then you got Ray, who's the one that's tied with Frank, basically. Right? So I see Frank's situation completely tying to Ray. And that just being the Ravenhead and Frank will wrap up together. Okay? I think Annie is going to get with Paul, basically, with all that paperwork they have now with the signatures on it. That's going to go to the DA lady. And it's going to wipe out all those people. Right. You know, that's going to be the ending for, I think, Annie, you know, or Paul or whatever. Yeah, it's going to be the, the big state investigation knocking out all these huge heads. You know what I mean? Or them realizing it doesn't matter. They're just too powerful. There's nothing we can do. Right. But right. the Raven head is going to come back on Frank and Ray's going to have something to do with it. Yeah, I'm with you, and there's a line said in the preview that helps support it, but I won't say it because we usually kind of do it kind of like a spoiler deal, and so on. Anyway, that is the end of that. Um, the only thing we have left before the preview is our little usual suspect deal, and I think we're just going to narrow this down, and I think we pretty much said it already. You know, the big reveal we don't know yet is who the Ravenhead here is and what their motivation is. And I think we've all agreed, we've kind of narrowed it down to basically my vote is Lieutenant Burris. My second vote, which I hate to admit this, is possibly his gay buddy. Could oh. be the, could be his brother. Run along, the, are we? Or, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's a great connection. Yeah. Um, but I still say, Lieutenant Burris, I think Woodrow is still a contender for the Raven mask. I think it's the reality of it is, is this. You know, yeah, he discovered Candlest body and different things of that nature, but that could have been all part of a setup. He's. You know, yeah, we keep seeing him investigate these blue diamonds and this information, and he's involved in all this stuff. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's not involved. And like you said, because now we think that it's possible more to do with the diamonds and Frank's the real bad guy. Yeah, that's a real possible, but I'm still saying Burris is my guy. Uh, you, Who would you say your top three candidates are for the, the you know, Raven mask? Well, my top candidate's my wild card. And I wish I knew his name, not just Gay Buddy from Black Mountain. <laughs> I feel terrible about that, yeah. but but I can boyfriend. I could see that guy being the one that called the reporters to tell him where he was staying, being the guy that stole his bike because maybe he wants to keep Paul af- as far away from what's happening as possible, you know? Because maybe he does really care about him, you know? And then I got to say, Lieutenant, because. The only thing I can say is I don't think he was the guy running through the, you know, tent city. And I don't even really have a third. Yeah. The only I thing I can think is is maybe it's another guy that that was a brother or Ossip. That's who I'll say actually. Ossip was my other leading contender earlier. Man, Ossip's not even on my radar. I think if he was on shoot Ray, he'd have shot him with the real deal. I don't him having a police issue shotgun and rubber bullets. I just completely nullifies him off that. But, um, you know, there's a lot of little details. You know, like bike missing. You know, the 
why do we have to have these parts about the actress? Why do we have this? There's just, uh, you know, based on, you know, do we know his girlfriend, Emily? Do we know who she is? Could he, she be one of the girls that was orphaned? Could she be, could there be some connections through that direction? There's so much that's thin, but I mean, there's so much possibility here. Um, but other than that, we'll call that, um, overall, like I said, that was a great episode. Just, didn't like some really key parts. I then ended with a real sputter, uh, you know, and that, that's unfortunate. But like I said before, love the show, love where they're going with it. I'm intrigued. I want to know what the plot's going to end up. I want to know who the Raven Mask is. I want to know how this all unravels, and will it have the payoff? I hope, man. I mean, because they got a lot to do in two episodes to really, you know, to really close this out with a bang. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Guys, we're, we're going to call it here. Um, we're going to do a pause for about three seconds and talk about the preview, and that won't take a minute because it was a real short one, but it did have one little key piece of information. Uh, you can always reach us at Bleed TV Podcast at Gmail. Send us your feedback. Send us an email about the show, your thoughts about the episode, how we're doing our show. Uh, we're also at Bleed TV on Twitter. Uh, we have a website, which is bleedtv.podbean.com, as well as we have a Facebook page, uh, which Bleed TV podcast and which we update and put everything on there. Uh, give it a look, see, listen, give us some reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, iPodcast, Podcast. <laughs> we have, we're on a ton of them. We really appreciate everybody listening. Um, we'll definitely give props to anybody uh, who does these things. Uh, but other than that, unless you got anything else, I'm going to go ahead and go to the little quick preview. No, let's do it, man. Uh, here's our three second delay. All right, the preview luckily was short and sweet, and the one thing I thought was really cool about it was is that um, it shows some distress of certain characters I wasn't expecting, and it had some some things said that I thought was really interesting, and kind of gives you direction of where the show is going. Um, it starts with Frank, and he hits you immediately with uh, he, he's realizing there's this secret war against him, and this goes back to the part where we're talking about the real plot here is Frank and this diamonds and maybe something he did in the past and our theory of him you know being involved with this heist or having a part in it or something and then you know of course ray and him giving the wrong name and maybe he does find out that he actually did give him the wrong name on purpose and that stuff and so it ends up he ends up being the bad guy for everything even though it was never set up that way from the getting um so i think that's pretty neat um and he he says you know Somebody, somebody's voice I just can't place. I've heard it, and he goes, what are you planning on doing, Frank? You know, like, he, he's going to put something out there. He's really going to make a big move in this next episode. And that's kind of a, you know, anticipating, kind of a tease, a little drooling there. Yeah. Then it goes to Annie, and, um, you know, she's talking to her sister, and her sister's extremely concerned, and she says it was bad in there, bad things happened. And sister's like, well, what did you do? And I think it makes me automatically put her that her sister and her are in danger now, is that because the girl Athena, you know, was in there and you know busted up some dude and then stabbed and sliced another guy and then took a girl out of there. Uh, this Athena is going to have a you know a hit out for her or something bad or whatever. You know, there's, it's going to go unresolved. I think Athena is aware of what happens to girls that mess up because I think she knows what happened to Tasha probably. Maybe not knows exactly, but the rumors around. Has that. a good idea. Yeah. And so I think, um, 
And then it goes to where you, you hear Ray and there's a bunch of flashes and stuff like that. And he's like, it's time to start thinking about an exit strategy and where we're going to go from here. And so, you know, that just tells you, you know, like, okay, they've done stirred up the hornet's nest and they don't want to get stung. And so they're thinking about ways to get out of Dodge, where this is going. And, uh, they're going to be more on the, you know, fleeing instead of fighting part of this situation. Uh, and I think that's what's going to come to an unravel and, you know, we, we'll get the big deal. And like I said, it shows, and then it shows like Paul and he's with his girl and he's like, I just want to try to be a good man. And like, he's regretting decisions he's made. And then there's a little scene, a real quick flash, a slow mode where it shows him scared, like at a motel door. You know, like he's trying to get a key into the door and he's trembling with fear. You know, first time you ever see him with this look of worry and so on. And so I, I think I think the world comes down on our three cops. I think it doesn't take them long to figure out who was at that place. The signatures they have on that contract. Uh, the, somebody getting killed. You know, being, you know, all this. I think it's all going to come out, you know, in the wash. And even if they don't get them in the wash, they might get them in the rinse. And uh, that's going to be yeah, what think, we're looking at. I think the big deal now is it's going to be, oh, shitload of powerful people are worried that their stuff's going to get out. Yep. And you got to think every girl in that house is in danger and anyone tied to that is in danger. You know? Well, not only that, you can think about it. This blows up big enough and it kills the real deal altogether. A lot of people's interests get killed with that. And so that means some people are going to get killed for it. Not to mention, she went in under the name Athena. That's why Athena's in so much trouble, probably. Because as soon as they look on there, they're like, look down the ledger, everyone's accounted for except for Athena. Yeah. Oh, I told you, her sister's, her sister's in hot water. Yeah. And not only that, when they figure out who Athena is and who Athena's daddy is, how does that play in? But see, there's a part in the preview where you see Elliot saying, just be careful and giving her a hug. Not Athena, but I actually think Annie. Yeah. I'm thinking that Athena's going to be hiding out with her dad, which could come around at the end, which would be a wild reveal that daddy gives up Athena, you know, because hmm. he's tied in with all the big wigs too or something, you know, yeah. which would be a pretty wicked ending. Oof. Yeah. No something doubt. I never saw, and I'm going to say this now, in the opening credits... And it may have been there every single time, but I've never seen it. The silhouette of um, Elliot, all right? Not the one you see with the red background, but there's another one of a blue background. And it's five or six people wading into the water about waist deep. Have you ever seen that? I don't even remember what you're talking about. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever seen it, too. First time you see the what looks like a little culty kind of deal i saw in the open credits and all it is like i said it's a silhouette of his head and looks like five or six people wading into some water mm, i'll have to go back and watch i kept the show just to make sure I'm t- please do please go look and tell me that i'm not that i'm not crazy i do want to tell you you're crazy though but anyway you know there's one part of the opening credit that does always concern me is that there is this it looks like somebody's looking through a camera, or the camera is the eye of a silhouette. Yeah, it's a. It looks like you're looking like a, like a surveyor's camera. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's on a tripod. It's a but, webcam. It looks like. But uh, the hair is somebody who has long hair. You know, my first thought was Jordan, but 
you know, who, what, what is the significance of that person, you know? It could be Athena, credits. though. I mean, she, we know she was a webcam girl and, you know. Well, here, here's something else that supports your, what you're saying. If you go watch the opening scene, they show five main characters before you, you know, before you get to all the scenery and weird and ooby-gooby stuff, you know, like that, you know, before they say true detective. Here's the clear thing. Your five characters, you can guess who the first four are. Yeah. But you know who the fifth one is? It's Elliot. Yeah. Why is Elliot, who we've only seen in, mark my words, two episodes out of six, why is he one of the titled characters when we see him so little? Yeah, and that's why I think we're going to get a heavy dose of him for the next two episodes. I think he's going to end up being the big, big bad. Mm. Head of a cold or doing something. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Just it, if they end up looking at those sheets and all the signatures, and what if he's on it or his institute's on it or I don't know something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like you said, maybe he's the one who gives them all up. Like they go to they go to him for sanctuary, you know, in a tight spot, and then all of a sudden he's like, "You came to the wrong place." You know, I hate to do this. You know, yeah. whatever. I, I don't think it's going to get all of them because, like I say, I think Ray's tied to Frank, Annie's tied to missing girl situation, and that scene, and then Paul's going to be tied to some something else. Yeah, you still believe most or all characters died in this? I think Frank dies. I think Ray dies. I'm beginning to think Athena's going to die now. I think the main ones that die are going to be Frank and Ray. Or, if Scarface ends up being the chick and they end up with the diamonds, maybe he takes her up on the South American getaway. Yeah. You know, with, uh, you know, 1.7 million in hand or something, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking forward Frank's to it. Frank's dead. I'm Frank's going to tell you. Dead. Frank's <laughs> dead. For sure. I hear you. I hear you. Well, man, we'll be on here long enough, guys. We'll yeah, call, let's it. call it. Um, looking forward to next week. Uh, keep hitting us up with that feedback stuff. Really appreciate everything. But other than that, man, we're out. This is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And we'll catch you next week. Change will come to those who have no fear. But I am not hurt.